This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 64, Cubs Motown Madness. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. In this segment, Crawley interviews Alex Cohen, play-by-play voice, for the Iowa Cubs to see if there's anyone in AAA who can help the Cubs at the big league level. Joining me on the Fly the W podcast, you recognize our old friend Alex Cohen, play-by-play voice of your Iowa Cubs. Alex, how's it going, buddy? It's going well, Crawley. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, you say, uh, old friend, I definitely feel old right now. It's it's <laughs> August. It's game number 120 of the Iowa Cubs 150-game season. But, uh, yeah, doing pretty well. Team's 19 games over 500. They got some exciting players. And uh, glad to have uh, glad to come on with you. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know, Alex, I, I was I was thinking about it today, and I'm like, man, you know, obviously, you, you, I know you pay attention very well to, you know, not just to the Iowa Cubs, but the big team and all the other yeah. minor league teams. But, you know, after that Juice Smiley start and, and just seeing the bullpen, you know, getting a lot of heavy usage, I just said to myself, you know, there's no one better to ask what's going down in Iowa who could help out rather than Alex. Yeah. And and sure enough, it was a crazy day on Cubs Twitter because two things happened, and and none of them kind of came to the fruition that we thought it would. Uh, one of them was that Jordan Wicks was scratched from his start. So everyone's like, <gasps> and then the other thing was PCA was scratched, not in the lineup. And we all got super excited. Tell everybody what went down today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, the, the PCA one, first of all, I mean, uh, he's been here for four weeks. He's missed one game um, and that game he DH. So uh, just, you know, with a bus ride to a night game and then a day game, uh, just getting him off his feet. Um, getting an opportunity to come in as a pinch hitter, which if he were to come up in Chicago, that could be one of the situations that he's put in some is some experience coming in six inning as a pinch hitter. Um, I, I think that really helped for PCA. So that was scheduled for Jordan Wicks. It wasn't. I mean, he was scratching an hour and a half before the game. Um, and I think it was just to give some Cubs, like give Cubs some options. Uh, if they want to start him uh, tomorrow or Sunday, they can do that. Uh, but also gives them the opportunity to to really assess where they're at. Um, and if you started Jordan Wicks today, you wouldn't be able to do that. So it just buys him a little bit of time. Um, I think there's a possibility that he could get called up, obviously, from a logistical perspective. But um, also, he might not. Uh, but I think now, you know, giving him the option, you know, obviously sitting him out on Wednesday, um, it gives you the opportunity to recess where you're at with Drew Smiley, where you are at with the rotation, and where Jordan Wicks fits into the equation. Now, it's funny because ever since PCA really started going through the system, I've been talking to Sam and, and you know, Ben, uh, Max and BK, and, and then later on, uh, you know, talking with, with Double A with Mick. Now you've had the PCA experience, man. So it's different because you guys see so many players come through. Yeah. What has it been like for you to see PCA in the time that you've seen him there so far? He's um... – He's lived up to the hype and then some. Uh, when a guy comes, you know, in your locker room, he's the number one prospect in the organization, number seven ranked prospect in all of minor league baseball. The expectations are very high, and he has surpassed every expectation. First 17 games on base in every game, 15 game hitting streak, longest for an Cubs player in four years. And, and that's not even the best part of his game. I mean, he is a gold glove caliber, 80 grade defender in center field. Yeah, you know, I, I told a couple you know, people this when I went into the locker room, I think it was like the third day after you know, Pete Crow Armstrong joined the team. And I asked our pitcher coach, Ron Valone, who's you know, been to the big leagues for close to 15 years. You know, who does he remind you of? And Ron isn't one to really you know, put big labels on players like that. You know, they have to earn the all-star ranking, the prospect ranking. And he said, Alex, you know, I have to be honest. He reminds you of a mix between Andrew Jones and Kenny Lofton. And I'm just like, whoa. Like you're talking about the one of the best defensive center fielders of all time, 
you know, on Kenny Lofton, who's six-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glover. That's pretty high praise, you know, coming from somebody like that who doesn't throw labels on prospects like that very often. So the expectations were high, and he has surpassed them. Uh, I feel like every game we get a web gem from Pete Crow Armstrong. Uh, but just his ability on the base pass to go from first to third, where most people start at second, to stretch a, a triple into a you know, or a double into a triple when most people are stuck on second 99% of the time. Um, he's five for five in stolen bases. He scored a run in every game. I mean, he's just such a catalyst offensively when he gets on base. So um, he's the number seven ranked prospect in the organization, or seven, seven, number seven ranked prospect in all minor league baseball. I think he might be underrated. Wow. So, you know, taking a look here, I talked a little bit about the bullpen and kind of, you know, just really could use some some bodies right here. And, and so far, you, you got a couple guys in there that had some uh, time in the big leagues that are rehabbing. Brad Boxberger, I know he made his second appearance, I think, yep. Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously going to take a little bit of time for him to kind of get going again. But what, what are you seeing out of Brad Boxberger so far? I mean, at least he has the ability to throw strikes. The control is there, just getting that velocity back up, that conditioning back up. I mean, it's 97 degrees in Indianapolis. So, uh, you know, tough for him to get on the mound for the second time in three months and really feel 100%. So I think it'll take a couple outings, but, yeah, you're not seeing a line where it's one inning, three walks. He's in and around the strike zone. He's just getting hit right now. The movement isn't quite there. The feel isn't quite there, and and it'll get there. So um, I think that at least one step in the rehabilitation process, sorry about that, um, is just for him to throw strikes, and I think he's been able to do that. You know, Nick Birdie's about to make his second appearance. Um, I mean, he's looked sharp coming back from a napendectomy. Sliders there, fastball hit 100 miles per hour during his first appearance. So um, those two arms right there, I mean, you're looking for bullpen up in the minors. You have two major league rehabbers in Iowa that are on the cusp of getting back up to the big leagues. They should certainly help. Uh, it's good to hear because I was wondering, I thought that uh, Birdie was supposed to go yesterday and he didn't get into the game and I was kind of had an eyebrow raised, but it's, it's good to hear that uh, obviously that it, it doesn't seem to be a big issue. Not right now. No. Yeah. Now looking at uh, Jordan Wicks, we talked a little bit about him. I mean, it was really kind of a question, you know, there was a feeling when they expanded rosters that, you know, you're going to go pitcher position player that it would probably be either um, Ben Brown or it would be, uh, Jordan Wicks. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I know that Ben Brown's been out a little bit. Have you heard anything about Ben and how he's feeling? Yeah. I mean, I think Ben's in Arizona right now. You know, we're working back from a uh, you know, lower body injury. Um, he's somebody that I'm not sure if he's expected to miss the rest of the season, but he really got some great work this year. Um, hopefully he gets back uh, for the Iowa Cup stretch run and more importantly, the Chicago Cup stretch run. But um, he's in Arizona right now. And then Jordan Wicks. I mean, he's a guy over his last four starts. Just uh, two two five ERA. Opponents hitting one sixty five against him. Uh, changeups working well in his last start. He struck out a season high seven. Uh, so he's missing at bats or missing bats. And yeah, you know, he's a guy that I think if you put him in the big league rotation right now, I won't say that you're not skipping a beat, but he's going to give you an opportunity to win every single time he gets out. Whether that's yeah you know, four innings and three runs, five innings one run. I mean, he's a guy who has the pitchability factor. He's smart. He knows how to adjust on the fly and he throws strikes. Um, so he's going to give you an opportunity to win. Now, two guys that, you know, I was, uh, you know, you know how it goes with prospects, but I was almost certain we're going to be up at some point in time, and, and Jeremiah was, but can you tell me what's going on with Jeremiah Estrada and Cam Sanders? 
Yeah, I mean, Cam pitched the other day and actually threw well. I mean, if you look at Cam's outings, it's, you know, one, two, three outings that are really, really strong in a row, and then one outing that he's struggling. So I'm still trying to adjust as a reliever. You see the strikeout numbers are really high. The velocity number is really high. The walks are really high. So um, it's essentially just trying to harness that 99-mile-per-hour fastball and know where it's going and being able to implement that with a cutter and a slider. So um, I think Cam is healthy. The stuff's there. The velo's playing. It's just – you know, being able to remain consistent. Um, and then Jeremiah Estrada obviously struggled in his last six outings with Iowa. He's back in Arizona uh, just trying to get healthy and trying to feel good about himself and trying to feel good about what he can bring to the mound. So, you know, hopefully we'll see Jeremiah not only back in an Iowa Cubs uniform, but back in a Chicago Cubs uniform soon. Uh, but I think he just has to get to Arizona and he got there already um, and just trying to reset and just trying to either get back into the pitching lab or, you know, go back and uh, just, just work on some things, you know, get to the grassroots of, what was working before in the big leagues last year, and how can he get back to that? Now, one guy that, you know, it's interesting because he played a, such a big role last year was Keegan Thompson. And it's obviously been kind of a wild season for him. What's, what's going on down with Keegan now, right now? He's actually been really, really good over the last two weeks. You know, Keegan obviously got option to us at the end of May and then pitched with us for three weeks and put on the injured list for, I think it was four weeks. Then came back, had two rough outings, and uh, the last four have been really good. Eight and a third inning, six hits, two runs, eight Ks, one walk. And, you know, the main issue when he was before he got on the IL, he was walking a lot of guys. And that's not normally what Keegan Thompson does. That is not a characteristic uh, of Keegan, you know, all throughout the minor leagues and even in the big leagues over the last two years. So being able to reestablish that control uh, when he went on the injured list, just able to get healthy. Remember during spring training, he was 91 to 92 miles per hour. Velo was down. Just being able to get strong, get healthy, put some weight back on. Um, I think he's looked really good. Um, and I think, again, over the last four outings, he's been able to reestablish that cutter against left-handed hitters, slider against right-handed hitters. And he's looking like the Keegan Thompson of old. I would not be surprised to see him back up at the big league sometime soon. All right, that'd be great. And, and, and another guy that, that recently was up in AAA um, is Luke Little. And, and I always laugh, you know, when you, when you got a name like Luke Little and, and you're 6'8", 220 pounds. Yeah, quite an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 you know, when you think about the Cubs and what they're lacking in that bullpen and lefties, I, I mean, you know, how's Luke doing with the adjustment from AA to AAA? Yeah, his first outing, he struggled a little bit naturally. Uh, then his last two, he's been great. And especially his last outing, he was dominant. It was two innings, one hit, five strikeouts. And you see a 6'8 lefty that throws 95 miles per hour uh, with that long reach. The 95 looks like 98. Um, and the slider looks like it's 90, 90 to 92 plus, And it's probably 85 to 87. So it gets up on you pretty quickly. Um, Luke is a really talented pitcher. Again, 6'8 lefty already has an advantage. And throwing 95 and being able to locate it. Uh, if you look at his last outing, all the strikeouts looking, the hitters look baffled. Uh, that was as strong as a of, a, of an outing out of the bullpen that yeah, I've seen all season. So uh, I think that he has the stuff to get up to the big leagues. I think that he eventually will, whether that is September 2023 or you know May 2024, that remains to be seen. Now, obviously, you know, there, it, there was a big commotion and everybody was excited when Matt Mervis came up. And then, you know, obviously hitting in the big leagues is hard. No one's going to say it's not. Yes, but, it uh, is. <laughs> he, uh, he, you know, he's been down in Iowa and it seems like he's just kind of, Doing what he did last year, which which is you know hitting the ball and making smart decisions, taking his walks. Yeah. You know, as far as it goes, you know, this has been just kind of crazy because you know you just had this bounce back from Cody Bellinger, and then the fact that he could play first and Talkman came out of nowhere and and Mervis has gotten lost in the shuffle, 
But if people aren't paying attention to Iowa, they're missing that Mervis is still doing some special things. Yeah, look at Matt Mervis's numbers in August. They are better this year than his numbers were last year when he was the best hitter in all of minor league baseball. All of last year in August, he had four home runs. He's had five home runs in his last 12 games. He's had an extra base hit in nine out of his last 12 games. If you look at the OPS in August compared to August last year, higher. On-base percentage, higher. More home runs, more extra base hits. So, uh, Matt Mervis 2023 in August is a better player than Matt Mervis 2022 in August. He was a pretty darn good player back then, too. So um, I think that he's been able to adjust. He's gotten on base more. He's drawn more walks. And, and I think he's found a comfortable zone where he's not afraid to strike out. Um, but he's able to be aggressive. He's able to take walks. Um, it, it, it's controlled aggressiveness. I think he's been able to channel that during his last two months. Um, and he's looked really good. So, uh, again, five homers in your last 12 games. Uh, you look at the game that he had on Tuesday night in Indianapolis. He went two for four. He had a home run down the right field line at 112 miles per hour. And that was the third best ball that he hit all game. He had a 106-mile-per-hour line drive to left center field that was caught on a diving catch. And then a 394-foot fly out the left center field that would have been out in pretty much every other park in the International League. So um, he's definitely swinging the ball or swinging the bat well, um, and he's using all fields. So that's that's really helped him. Now, a, a guy that, that had a you know just a horrific injury, and now he's back in Iowa, Alexander Canario. I mean, it was him and Mervis last year that really led the home runs and all of that stuff. But it looks like uh, Alexander Canario is starting to find his stroke again. Yeah, 11-game hitting streak. He's over to back-to-back games. Uh, Alexander Canario last year was one of the most explosive, productive prospects in all of minor league baseball. You see the 37 home runs, but he also swiped over 20 bags. He had over 20 doubles. Yeah, Alexander Canario – they didn't even think he was going to play this year. You know, he had not one but two really serious injuries that most people would have missed eight to 12 months. All he's done was come back from it in six months. And with Iowa in one month, he's average a run batted in per game. So just took him a little bit of time to get adjusted, but he is just barreling the baseball right now. Again, home runs in back-to-back games. He had three hits today. He had a double to left center field that he hit, I think it was 108 miles per hour off the bat. It's 380 feet on a line. I mean, he has power that you just don't see at really any level of baseball. He has four legitimate tools. He can play all three outfield positions. He can throw. He can run. He can hit for power. If he could somehow, some way, continue to hit 250, 260, he's a legitimate big league player. Now, you know, you had an interesting tweet the other day about Nick Madrigal mm-hmm. and how he's performed since he's come back from Iowa. What have you been noticing when you watch the Cubs and from what you saw of Nick Madrigal when he was in Iowa? Hits. I I understand that he will not hit 10 to 12 home runs. I understand that he does not have a Manny Machado or a Nolan Arenado arm at third, but he makes every single play that you need to have made at third. And he's going to hit 280 to 300. There is value for that on a big league team. You know, is he going to start and hit fifth 162 games? Maybe not, but is he going to help you win games in September? Possibly clinch a playoff berth. I think he does. Now, as far as, as it goes, your season is coming again. All, all of baseball is kind of coming close to an end, but you're, you're yeah. really kind of coming close here. What needs to happen for the Iowa Cubs to make the postseason again? I uh, need 19 teams in the International League to lose. I uh, <laughs> need Lehigh Valley to go on a 10-game losing streak, St. Paul to go on a nine-game losing streak, and 
Worcester going an eight-game losing streak? No. I mean, I, I just think that the I-Cups need to you know, keep swinging the bat well. I mean, they're a team that um, is in the top five in the International League and basically every statistical offensive category. Credit to John Maley for that. He's done a tremendous job with this team. But just continue to score runs and, and then just reestablish your starting pitching, uh, you know, with Ben Brown getting hurt and Jordan Wicks getting scratched. We've seen a lot of bullpen days, but to be able to get a starter every fifth, every sixth day that has been normalized in that rotation, whether it's Nick Nider getting Riley Thompson back, putting Chris Clark back in the starting rotation, getting Caleb Killian back, uh, whether, you know, what they decide to do with Jordan Wicks. Just, I think, being able to have five or six starters instead of two or three starters at this juncture of the year, that'll really help. Well, Alex, I, you know, I don't know if they're going to make the postseason or not, but I will I hope tell they you. do. I want, to, I want to trip to Vegas. I'll tell you this, though. Every time Stu, William, Marty, the Salsa King, and myself have gone to Iowa, the Cubs have always won. We had a we had a opening, right. day, opening day massacre, and we were yep. down with the Salsa King uh, for the walk-off. That was Edwin Rios' walk-off. That was. Yeah, I, I see the screenshot of you guys jumping up and down in the left field skybox. <laughs> great. We're actually mounting that in the skybox, that picture right there, just the pure, unadulterated joy. You guys were uh, you were a lot of fun. Well, you know what, man, I, I tell you, Iowa is just, it's, it's, it's really fun. It's fun to go to the games. You guys just put on such a great product. And, Thank you. and not only that, you know, I, I love listening to your play by play. Do you have another marquee date coming up? We do. Uh, I believe it's September 14th, which is a very important date. It's the last day that I'm a 34 year old. It's the day before my birthday. So then, you know what, I'm going to have the marquee broadcast and then I'm going to run for president, you know, when I'm 35. So uh, we got go. a very busy, we got a very busy weekend. Very busy weekend. Well, Alex, I absolutely appreciate you jumping on and talking some Iowa Cubs. Hopefully, you know, one of the guys we talked about can really be a difference maker down the stretch. Where can people go to uh, follow you on Twitter? Yeah, uh, check uh, me out at, at Voice of Cohen 2. It used to be at Voice of Cohen. Then I got hacked. Elon didn't help me. So we're at Voice of Cohen 2. Uh, just check us out online at, at IowaCubs.com, at IowaCubs on Twitter, IowaCubs on Facebook, at IowaCubs on Instagram. Yeah, we have a lot of fun content, um, especially with Pete Crow Armstrong being here, Matt Mervis being here, Alexander Canario being with the iCubs. People care. Uh, when you have those prospects and winning baseball, it's a really good combination. So, and I, and I got to give you a hat tip. I thought that your your bobbleheads this year, I, and I am probably like the only geek right now that cares about this. But I thought your bobblehead set this year was pretty smoking. Love it. That's going to be forwarded to the promotion staff right there. That go, little, go the Matt Mervis, the Caleb Killian, and the Brendan Davis. I mean, yes. Th those are good looking bobbleheads. The three peat. Yeah, no, it's uh they did a great job with it. Uh, we've had a really successful year with promotions and uh just with the uh, our atmosphere at the ballpark, you know, we've had crowds of eleven thousand four hundred, eleven thousand two hundred, our largest crowd since two thousand nineteen. And again, you combine that with winning baseball, it's um it's it's been a really nice summer. We hope for it to continue. Well, Alex, I appreciate it. And, and, and everyone, I'm hoping, like I said, you can always catch the Iowa Cubs if you have the MLB package. It includes all the minor league games. And again, like you said, coming up on Marquee in September, the day before your birthday, can't miss TV. Alex, thank you so much for jumping on. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.